1: What's going on and welcome into a game day edition of the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Daniel Salerson, along with my co-host Jim offer of Pelicans.com. Pelicans welcome in the Philadelphia 76ers tonight for the first time this season. Pelicans are home for just one game and then back on the road on Sundays they take on the Cleveland Cavaliers. To get us ready for tonight's game between the Pelicans and the Sixers, we welcome in Brian Seltzer who does everything for Sixers.com. Uh, Brian, I appreciate the time. How are you? Happy game day.
2: I don't draw up X's and O's. I don't have a stake in wins or losses. But we try to get involved in a little bit of everything, you know?
1: Yeah, but that's not expected from Sixers.com for you to draw X's and O's. But when it comes to that website, it's all you. And we really appreciate you coming on, and you do a great job uh, with the site and all the things you do podcast-wise and video stuff. So we figured you are the best man for the job when talking about the Sixers team. And so what's crazy is we're kind of talking about this before we got on, is this is the first meeting between these two teams all season. There's 21 games to go for the Pelicans, and we're just trying to learn a little bit more about the Sixers. It's kind of crazy how the schedule's matched up where this is the first meeting between these two teams.
2: Guys, I'm really excited for this game. Obviously, the Sixers have not played Zion before, so there's that. But also, Lonzo's having a terrific season. Curious to see his growth and development. And I think for the 76ers, this is – I'm not sure for quite your near- – there yet where we can say this is the quote-unquote home stretch of the season the Sixers play Brooklyn at home next Wednesday so I think fans are circling that date but right now like you said we're starting to run out of regular season games 76ers in a really tight race for the top of the Eastern Conference Joel came back last weekend should be available tonight so just getting him back in there George Hill hasn't played yet they expect him to be ready soon so just trying to get all these pieces together going hopefully what's a long run for the team this year
1: yeah, before I get to Jim, um, I want to talk about Joel versus Zion, and the main thing is, is we we'll probably won't see them a lot on each other tonight as far as matchup purposes, but I think for a broader perspective, just seeing these two guys on the court for the first time, Zion has never played the Sixers as well, one of the few teams he still hasn't played, so how intrigued are you by those two guys being on the court at the same time, even though if they are not matched at some point in the game?
2: Whether or not they go toe-to-toe, they are two large human beings who are two of the most exciting basketball players on the planet. So I think that in and of itself creates and generates some excitement. And I'll be honest, like, would it be cool to see Joel and Zion go head-to-head in a one-on-one matchup? Yes. But then there's also on the Sixers' side the factor of Ben Simmons, and he's been talked about in Defensive Player of the Year conversations. Does Ben use his size to try and go up and contain Zion? Does someone like Tobias Harris, who I think has made great strides on the defensive end and is the starting prototypical four-man for the 76ers, does Tobias Harris get some time on him? So I, I think that, yes, it'd be cool to see Joe against Zion a bit. But for me and the person who follows the Sixers, I'm also curious to see how someone like Ben or Tobias might be able to handle it. Brian, I think people around the league have been impressed by the Sixers this
0: season. I don't think there were a lot of people going into the the year that said, you know, they're going to be the number one seed or competing for the number one seed. I know they've been going back and forth, flip-flopping a lot with Brooklyn for that spot. But um, I was curious, in what ways do you think that Doc Rivers has impacted them as far as just them getting to kind of, it seems like a different level this year in terms of record and performance?
2: I think that there are some changes or some simplifications, at least at the start of the season, that Doc made. Again, I'm not going to try and pass myself off as an X and O expert. But I think one of the main philosophies was like, okay, you have a player like Joel Embiid. Let's run things through one of the most dynamic big men (laughs) who's in the league and see what happens. Whether or not he's scoring, um, as long as he touches the ball down there, if a team decides to double him, well, then someone's open on the wing. And if a team goes single coverage on him, Good luck. I think that was the way that Doc looked at it um, in respect to Joel Embiid. For someone like Ben Simmons, what has Ben extremely elite at? Getting downhill, putting pressure on you, facilitating, and defending. That's what they wanted Ben Simmons to master. Tobias Harris, they wanted him to be decisive. Get back to quick decision-making. I think what Tobias has done and what he's been able to sustain And his ability to close out he's really closed out a number of games for the sixers this year the fact that he's been more decisive which is what doc had him doing when tobias was the clippers i think that's been a big deal so i think he's he's looked at some of the key individual components streamlined things for them and then that's made the whole better and then the other part of this is the roster that daryl morey and elton brand put together and the changes they made surrounding the draft to bring in seth curry and danny green namely um, to help really make this, I think, a, a more logically constructed roster than what it was last year.
0: You mentioned the the philosophy and just playing to the strengths of different guys. One of the things that I noticed, and I think probably a lot of people who cover the Pelicans or even fans looked into in going into this game is um, Pelicans three-point defense has been a real big problem lately. And looking up the Sixers numbers, I mean, their percentages are good. They're above average in shooting, in three-point percentage, but they don't take a ton, I mean, how much of, of that is, is part of their philosophy? And and is that something that you think, you know, from a Pelicans perspective, we hope we don't see more tonight, but something that they have shifted from game
2: to game, depending on who the opponent is and how the defense plays. I think that's part of it. I think part of it too, is who's out there for the Sixers. Like the Sixers just went through, well, from the start of the all-star game, he missed his first, well, he missed the game. And then he missed his first game back due to health and safety protocols, played a game against Washington, got hurt missed seven games after that. The Sixers went nine and three during that stretch when Joe played 20 minutes Mm -hmm. and you don't have Joe out there and he's not getting the line as much. So in some of those games, their three-point attempts went up. And Jim, I I agree with you. That's something that earlier on this season, um, I was wondering about, and I I think that when they have Joel out there, the lack of perhaps volume of three-point shooting can be counteracted by how much Joel gets to the free throw line. He took 20 attempts against Boston the other night. Um, so when you have Joel, who's not only getting the line, but so good at shooting free throws, I think that the way they look at it is like, again, when we have Joel, let's see what's going on when we get the ball to him. And then if there are opportunities, there a plenty on the, on the wing to shoot threes, go for it. They have capable three point shooters. Um, but just in watching games this year, I feel like they've taken the right shot in the right moments. You know, it's
0: interesting. Another part of this matchup that I think is kind of compelling going into it is the Pelicans have a pretty similar philosophy as far as points in the paint is something that is a big element of their offense. And even though the Pelicans have struggled defensively, you know, they've been one of the better teams in the league offensively, despite not being, you know, elite in three-point shooting at all. So I think that'll be that'll be another part of tonight's game that will be be fun to watch. Um shifting kind of topics a little bit, having somebody on from the Sixers, I always I'm always curious about this because I know this has been a conversation that's dominated, you know, the last five, 10 years in the, in the league. Um, But when you look back at the process and how how do you look back at that in hindsight, in terms of just the, the impact that that had, and also just, it seems like people um, have talked a lot about this season, about how teams are are kind of going away from that because the lottery reform that happened almost seemed like it was a, I don't want to say a direct result of what the Sixers did, but I, I think there was probably at least some kind of connection there.
2: I feel like fans in Philadelphia understood exactly what was happening when it started happening. And I think that a lot of them were willing to have patience. And it's funny over the last week, the Sixers played the Timberwolves last Saturday uh, and they won that game. Then they played the Boston Celtics Tuesday and they won that game. Um, and I just remember in, in the earlier years of the process Um, Brett Brown, the former coach, when he did his pregame media availabilities, there were a couple of seasons when he was talking about like, you know, Minnesota, that's a team where where they're a little bit farther ahead than us on the timeline. And we want to get to that point. Mm -hmm. I mean, with all due respect, like, look at it now, like look at where the Sixers are they're at the top of the Eastern conference and where Minnesota is, they could be in the running for number one. Again, they just have great talent. They haven't been able to figure it out. Um, Even with the Boston Celtics right now, I think that they have a team that could get deep into the playoffs, but as far as how they match up with the Sixers, they just have no answer for Joel. And he's he's scored 115 points against them in three meetings this season. Mm. Um so I think right now the Sixers are in a great place. They're competing for a championship. I think there was frustration understandably after last year. I think it was the right time, clearly in hindsight, uh, for a reset. Uh there was a reset. And I think that right now, look, they're Joel's playing at an MVP level. Um and I think that uh, if, if that's the only thing that came of what the Sixers went through, um, that would have been perhaps a worthy sacrifice. But they've also got another all-star in Simmons, an all-leaguer in Tobias, and some really good role players.
1: A couple more questions uh, for you before I let you go, Brian. Appreciate the time on a game day. Um, you mentioned Tobias Harris, but I think sometimes people tend to overlook him or he talks about it too with the all-star appearance. But he's putting up 50-40-90 type numbers or pretty close to it. If not, could be on his way to doing that. How much of a, an important factor has he been for this team all season long? Everyone wants to talk about Joel and, and Ben Simmons, but I mean, Tobias has really kind of been the glue for this team this year. It seems like with what he's been able to do.
2: He's been huge, man. I mean, he's been he's been durable. Um, he's only missed a handful of games. I don't have the numbers in front of me right now. I think he might have missed one or two. Uh, due to health and safety protocols and he's just such a threat especially on the offensive end he can do it at all three levels he's not afraid to take a tough basket inside he's obviously got a great consistent smooth wing jumper he can shoot the three he's been getting to the free throw line like i said earlier he has closed out like legit a number of games for the sixers i think it was that minnesota game last saturday where in the final three minutes he scored eight straight points uh, the first game the Sixers played at home against the Lakers earlier this year at the end of January, it was all Tobias Harris late in the game, putting that one a game-winning shot away. So I think that he's um, he's essential. He He's is, he is really, really taken the next step. And defensively, I think he's willingly taken on matchups this year uh, and had more success in them than what we've seen in the past. I think he really took how last season went to heart. I think he obviously uh, is simpatico with Doc. Uh, and those two have a great relationship um, so I'm really happy for him I, I some of us uh, have have theorized Tobias may not see it this way, but maybe mm-hmm. one of the better things to happen to him and for the Sixers is that he didn't make the all star team because he's playing like a, uh, a man on a mission he said he's mm-hmm. got the bounty list of coaches who didn't yes. vote for him and it seems like uh, he's taken that quite literally.
1: I remember seeing him yell all-star sometimes in some empty yeah. arenas whenever he's he's been able to score. So, it, I mean, it has been very good for him as far as a motivational factor, but he's been playing outstanding ball this entire season. Before I let you go, we talk about the matchup tonight. Three-point shooting, obviously, is going to be key, as Jim mentioned, also points in the paint, especially looking at Joel Embiid inside. What else sticks out to you? Is there anything else to add as far as what you're looking out for in tonight's first matchup between these two teams?
2: I would just say for the Sixers, it's really going to be important. And I I think looking longer term, what's going to be fascinating um, is the Sixers. I think you would say they're probably a defensive first team. They're the best defense uh, since the All-Star break. They're number two, about a point and a half in defensive rating behind the Lakers for the season. So in a perfect world for the Sixers, they're on this collision course with Brooklyn, right? At the top of the East, possibly to get the finals. And you have this offensive juggernaut in Brooklyn, and you have the Sixers defensively with role players like Danny Green and Matisse Theibel, Um I, I just think for the Sixers, if they can continue to be a great defensive team and play together on that side of the ball, that's going to bode well um, for their chances later on. And I just think that like, you know, a team like the Pelicans, they pres- provide some interesting looks and players that the Sixers don't always get to see a lot of, and it's just another, another good, sample set to try and gauge where this
1: defense is it's up there that's brian seltzers of sixer.com on his twitter it says content for at sixer so that's pretty much how you could describe what brian does for them you can follow him on twitter at brian seltzer brian i appreciate the time enjoy the game tonight and maybe we'll be talking to you in the next couple weeks as these two teams will meet again appreciate it
2: would love it love what you guys do thanks so much for having me
1: Learned a lot for Brian Seltz. So they're really good to have him on. We'll try to get him on again in a, in a few weeks when these two teams play. Actually, it's more than a few weeks. It's, uh, you know, I lose track of these days. It's May 7th when the Pelicans will begin their last five-game, last road trip of the season It's a five-gamer um, against Philadelphia. But, Jim, the reason why these games are running together so much is because they are running together so much, and Pelicans are about to begin a stretch of five games in eight days, and you just got off a three-game road trip. You ended it facing – one of the best teams in the East in the Brooklyn Nets. And now you get the other best team in the East record wise in the Philadelphia 76 or so. If he can somehow pull off a win tonight against Philadelphia before the stretch of, I think, very winnable games in these next five games, um, this could be a big night for New Orleans. I definitely think that this would be
0: a huge plus if they can get a win tonight. Like you said, I don't know how much stock we should put it put in on paper because it hasn't held up a ton throughout the whole season, but um, but you're right, as far as if you can get a win tonight, the next uh, bunch of opponents are teams that are below 500. Um, I think it's six straight team or five, maybe five in a row against teams that are below 500. So I think the next time that we have Brian on, if, if that is indeed, you know, May 7th is the next game, you, you hope that the, we still have a play in race to talk about. I think that's one of the things that I'm the mo- most focused on right now. And they play the Pelicans play so many games in the next, stretch that I feel like things could change drastically in a brief amount of time. So, you know, over this next span of games, you hope you can keep getting wins. We still don't know the status of Brandon Ingram or Kyra Lewis jr. There and Lonzo ball, who was added to the injury list. Unfortunately yesterday They're all. I think all three are listed as questionable. So we're going to be in for another night where before the game, we find out important news as far as who's available and who isn't. But I mean, obviously I just hope that you get back to, being healthy and you you can go back to playing the way you were before this recent stretch of being shorthanded and having to fill a lot of spots with guys that haven't necessarily
1: either played that much or even been on the team for a lot of the season. Isn't it crazy how irrelevant the injury report was for the first half of the season, for the most part. And now all of a sudden it's, I'm waiting for your tweet with the injury report and waiting to hear from Sam Van Gundy about what he has to say. We've gone from, we've been one of the healthiest teams in the league now it just seems like one injury is popping up at the other. You get Lonzo Ball back. Now he's questionable. Brandon's been healthy for most of the year. He hasn't played in a handful of games. And Kyra, <laughs> you are hoping to get back the other night against Brooklyn. Maybe you get him back tonight. It's just crazy how we've gone ever since that Boston game. Maybe there was something in the water in TD Garden, but ever since that Boston win on March 29th, the, the injury bug has definitely hit the Pelicans, which has been hard, especially when you are so close. You look at Golden State has lost a ton of games lately because they haven't had Seth Curry, speaking of healthy. And the Kings have had a pretty pretty good opportunity, too, as they're tied with the Pelicans to maybe jump the Pelicans or even get in that spot. And they've had some questionable losses as well. So Golden State and everyone's saying this opportunity is yours. And unfortunately for us with health, you haven't been able to take advantage of it.
0: Yeah, and San Antonio's another team in the mix as well. That's a game ahead of Golden State. Um, Yeah, as as far as the injury report goes, I mean, this is no – secret because my name's on the injury report when I, I probably do it 80% to 90% of the time but for a vast part of the beginning part of the season it was really just waiting to add in no injuries to report Pelicans don't have anyone listed they play whoever tonight or tomorrow and that that's pretty much all there is to it so um, but yeah it, it has been it has been brutal lately just to see the number of names and to see all the different guys that are on the injury list but like I said hopefully, um, they can get back closer to 100. percent they're not going to be 100 percent anytime soon because Josh Hart is out for a while and Nikhil is, Alexander Walker still is going to be sidelined. but I mean at least if you can get back to um, the starting group and I, I love what James Johnson's done lately, but if you can bring put B.I.A. back in the starting lineup and have James Johnson play bench role, I think he'll be he could possibly be even more valuable in that in that role coming off the bench so so we'll see. But either way, I mean, the games are coming fast and furious and we're going to know a lot about where the Pelicans are in the race in the next, you know, eight days, 14
1: days for sure. 21 games to go, including tonight Pelicans and Sixers. You can read Jim Offers behind the numbers presented by Entergy on Pelicans.com and the Pelicans mobile app. Um, always learning something new with Jim. I'm a math nerd, stats nerd. So Um, that really is something that helps me get ready for each and every game. So I encourage you all to log on and he does a really good job with it. Finding some interesting numbers. It's not just some common numbers you can find anywhere. It's digging deep into certain things. So uh, really go check them out, check it out. And I'm only doing this because I'm speaking right to him right now. Otherwise I'd probably be bashing it for another five minutes, but.
0: The checks in the mail. So I I have your address. The check will be arriving. I appreciate the, the uh, promotion.
1: You know, when you signed me as your agent, uh, you know, I figured this is what I'm here for and <laughs> to do it on this platform is something that is my duty. So um, also tonight, you're welcome, Jim, seven o'clock tonight on Boundary Sports, New Orleans or ESPN New Orleans, a pregame coverage starting at six 30. We won't have another podcast until Monday and we'll get you ready for it's a big one. The Pelicans and the Kings as that can help one, win the season series for the Pelicans would also get another game ahead of them as they are a team still vying for that playing spot. But there is a game in between Sunday a game against Cleveland in Cleveland at 6 o'clock. Again, all those you can watch on Valley Sports New Orleans and ESPN New Orleans with 100.3 FM. For Brian Seltzer, Jim Eikenhofer, I'm Daniel Salerson Have a great weekend, and thanks for listening to the Pelicans podcast presented by Seeky.